Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 60, Unmanaging with the Tao. Governing a big country is akin to frying a small fish. When the power of Tao is prevalent, even the demons become impotent. Although the demons continue to possess magical power, their power is rendered innocuous. Hence, the demons cannot harm people. The sage also does not harm people. Both do not interfere with people. Thus, by sticking to non-intervention, both let their virtues merge together. That's verse 60 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Han Hyong Tang. Next, let's break it down. This verse has two parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. Part one talks about, well, fish frying. <laughs> and part two says alignment with the Tao causes harmony everywhere. Okay, so I feel like there's a lot of, wait, what, in this verse. But I also feel like we can take these images, these metaphors, and just kind of break them down into like really, really understandable things. Okay, so let's look at the fish frying thing first. Governing a big country is akin to frying a small fish. Okay, what do you mean? Well, in some of the other translations, it gives sort of a clue. It's, It's basically when you're frying fish, like you can't poke it. A lot. You can't mess with it. You just have to let it do its thing, right? You add the heat, you add the oil, you add the, you know, the pan and everything like that. The only thing what you're doing is just setting things in motion. And if you try to manage that process too much, you'll end up with paste, 
basically. Right. So I think what he's saying is, okay, governing a big country, whether it's a country, whether it's people around us, whether it's myself as the country, right? If I poke it too much, I interfere too much, then I don't really end up with anything, right? It's this balance of effort, I, I think. So that's the fish thing. All right. So the second thing is we start talking about like demons. Wait a minute. I thought this was Tao and this was like, you know, we, all we do is talk about the life force and we talk about the Tao and the creative power and all. where, where did all the demon things come in? <laughs> like, how did that happen? Well, in some of the esoteric texts that I've been through, um, just in passing, I've noticed that there are a couple of concepts that have to do with, you know, afterlife, although it's not necessarily called afterlife, but it's what happens after you die, basically, right? So afterlife. And they have to do with, you know, uh, this, you know, the spirit plane and, and, you know, what spirits look like and all that kind of stuff. So that's a little bit of background. Now, I don't necessarily think that we need to subscribe to that in order to get something out of this verse. What I think is that we can kind of apply this to ourselves directly and say that, okay, well, who are the demons? What are demons? Well, let's just call the demons as negative thoughts or negative thought patterns, desires, selfish things that end up making things harmful for us and therefore other people. And so when we think about it that way, we can say, okay, well, when the power of Tao is prevalent, even the demons become impotent. Meaning, when I'm embracing Tao, my thoughts and my thought patterns remain positive, And they don't create messes. So, basically, it's, it's that if I put things in order in my thought life, and my spirit life, everything else kind of just falls together. And that is more consistent with some of the things that we've been talking about in the podcast. Okay. So I feel like even though it sounds weird and we're using some weird metaphors here in this verse, like we, like I said, we can still get some, make some sense out of that. So to wrap that up, let's remember that verse 60 has two parts. Part one talks about fish frying and part two talks about alignment with the Tao causes harmony everywhere. So just putting that together, it seems that, hey, look, if if you don't try too hard, Dow comes in, and when Dow comes in, everything works out. <laughs> All right, so let's put that back together. I'll read verse 60 again. Governing a big country is akin to frying a small fish. When the power of Tao is prevalent, even the demons become impotent. Although the demons continue to possess magical power, their power is rendered innocuous. Hence, the demons cannot harm people. The sage also does not harm people. Both do not interfere with people. Thus, by sticking to non-intervention, both let their virtues merged together. Let's take a look at some of the things this first made me think about today when considering unmanaging with the Tao. There are two things. 
One is the management. And two is align the spirit and the rest follows. The management. There are a few things in the kitchen that I need to watch and be patient with if I am not to ruin them while I'm cooking. I can relate to fish for starters. If I set it and go about preparing the rest of the meal, I'll end up overcooking it and it'll taste like rubber. (laughs) Or if I flip it too many times because I want it to hurry up and cook, it falls apart. Now, I also have this challenge with making eggplant and hummus. There seems to be a mix of paying attention and not overdoing it that once in a while, I get right. And those once in a while cases help me not give up on those different dishes and try another day if I've gotten it wrong a particular time. But we're not just talking about food in the kitchen, are we? In the verse, Lao Tzu talks about a big country. And even if we're not rulers or heads of state, we are leaders and teachers, as we've discussed before. Does the term micromanage ring a bell? I think we've all been subjected to leaders that have asked us to do certain things and then they wanted to, quote, heavily guide us in how exactly it should be done. Now, I also suspect that we ourselves have fallen into the role of the micromanager with others before. I know I have. And there are times when I try to manage myself. I'll look in the mirror and decide that I need to eat differently, or my exercise routine is not going to my satisfaction, or I'm not understanding the book I'm reading well enough, or I just don't seem to have enough time for anything. What are these but examples of me not striking a balance between an intent and proper unhurried but attentive execution? (laughs) Finally, what about meditation? And my own spiritual development. Ooh, I wish I knew Qigong. I wish I could have no thoughts when I meditate. I wish I could get into some of the mystic arts and all that cool esoteric stuff. Do I get to choose exactly how my food turns out? How people treat me in my life? What my routines are? How spiritual I can get? Some aspects of my culture tell me that I'm 100% in charge of all of that. That I must know what I want and take it. Be bold, act, and get what I'm after. Now while these messages can be well-meaning and designed to motivate, I tend to interpret them as empowering encouragements that put me solely in the driver's seat. Consequently, I thought for a great many years that I needed to decide everything about my life. What exactly my career should look like which businesses I would build, how many customers I would have, and what exactly they would buy from me, how fast I could run a set distance, how many exercises I could do in a certain amount of time, what I would eat, what I wouldn't eat, and what I would learn, and how in-depth and how fast. (laughs) And then I decided that these expectations I was putting on myself were counterproductive, and I swung the other way, embracing spirituality with vigor. I remember in the beginning, I would actively work on specific aspects of my spirituality, which worked, but ended up exhausting me in the end. So after reading this verse's first part, I am given some perspective. Do 
but not too much. Set intent, but don't micromanage. Wait, but that's weird. So I'm not supposed to be lazy. I'm supposed to get all motivated to do or create something, set an intention to do it, be willing to work for it, and then sit back, relax, and enjoy? (laughs) Well, that's what younger Dan would have had trouble with. Older Dan is learning that while he gets to set the intention, the Tao is the one who actually delivers. In other words, older Dan knows that he can't be the pan, the heat, the cover, the oil, and the fish. He can only be the one who, th- who sets things in motion, observes, exercises patience for right timing, and intervenes only when appropriate to get a pleasant and nourishing meal. Align the spirit, and the rest follows. When we govern with the Tao, the evil spirits lose their power. It's not that they lose their power, but they stop doing us harm. I'd like to explore this line a bit. On the surface, it seems a little superstitious, doesn't it? What do you mean, evil spirits? I thought we were talking about life force, Tao, all that stuff. What do spirits have anything to do with it? Some of the more esoteric literature I've come across in Taoism, there are mention of these things. You know, interpretations of the scholars. People that talk about some of the finer points, the way the cosmos is arranged. And they say that a part of that are spiritual entities, which I suppose isn't too far of a stretch, seeing that you and I are spiritual entities of a type. Now, regardless of what is and isn't a part of reality at large, when I read this line, something within me resonates. It's the sense that, wait, maybe I am the spirit. Maybe I'm the one who causes me harm. (laughs) If I have the power of conscious creation, and I'm creating, always, whether I'm aware or unaware, and the Tao gives form to my creations, with or without my consent, then the way this verse is telling me things work is this. When I try to manage what's going on around me, in my family life, emotional life, and thought life, the impulses of my lower nature take over. And because they are based in self only, they naturally disregard the Tao, which causes the rest of it, my thoughts, emotions, family, and external life, to influence my life experience negatively. <laughs> so who is the evil spirit here that Lao Tzu is talking about? Yup. It's me. Always has been. (laughs) So, of course, the opposite is also true. If I stop trying to manage things and allow the Tao to guide me, I never give the impulses of my lower nature a chance. I don't give them attention. And the movements of my higher nature follow, which puts everything into its proper order. It starts somewhere in my universe then propagates out through my thoughts, my words, and my actions. And when it interacts with my environment and others, I find that things just fall into place. And did you ever notice that when you were having a bad day, things seem to get worse? What starts out as a misperception actually snowballs into events that yield unpleasant experiences. So let's say that... I'm talking with a group of coworkers in a meeting. 
I want to participate in the conversation, so I interact. When what I say is aligned with my truth, free of any desire for recognition or respect, my words are received, and I don't care how they're taken. I've said my piece with good intentions. But let's pretend for a moment that what I say, while close to my truth, also reflects a part of me that wants to be recognized for my brilliance. I choose my words carefully. I use analogy and good oratory technique. And I'm baffled when people at the table ignore me, don't care, or even refute my position. I have allowed a subtle desire to interfere with my delivery. 90% of what I say may convey proper principles, but that 10% of desire for prestige is still there. It's a gamble. Sometimes I may get the reactions I'm looking for, and other times, maybe not so much. So let's say that this time, I don't get the reaction I want. I leave the meeting confused, scratching my head and wondering about it. And during lunch, it's all I can think about. I'm trying to enjoy my meal and the people around me, but that thought is back there, like sandpaper, scratching away at my sense of contentment. In an effort to deal with it, I look at it and find that the people in the room just weren't smart enough to understand my thoughts. And perhaps I can let it go at that. But perhaps I go to bed that night and wake up in the middle of the night wondering why I can't sleep. And at the next morning's meeting, I'm tired but willing. And we sit down and talk again. And now I start to notice what's wrong with them all. Why they can't seem to get things done the right way. I think I have the answer, but smugly wait for them to ask me. They do. I tell them the truth as I see it. And they recoil from the notion that they are the problem. I have once again isolated myself. (laughs) Instead of things getting better, they get worse. Only here's the thing. They only get worse for me. People are resilient creatures. And when they've been wounded, physically or psychologically, they heal. So everyone may take what I say, reflect, and then adjust accordingly. But I am still there. My impulses are still there, feeding off of that initial desire to sound smart, however tiny it may have been. (laughs) So, sure, this example seems a little exaggerated. Or oddly specific. Or maybe this happened to me. (laughs) Does it happen like this all the time? Well, no. For me, no. But it happens. And a little self-examination and meditation reveals that I am the cause of the conflict. I have tried to manage things. And I think the key piece of that phrase is that I tried to manage. Do or do not. There is no try. Said a wise master once. Perhaps this means that I either manage or I don't. With my pure intentions, I trust the Tao to manage for me. And either it's a flow moment when things get managed, or it's an ebb moment when things don't get managed. Either way is fine by me. If I can leave out trying to manage a particular outcome, I can actually focus on the proper set of actions I must take, or words I must say, or thoughts I must think, and allow the chips to fall where they may. I am not in control of the outcome. I never have been. So when I govern myself, 
and harmony with the Tao, negative influences lose their power. It's not that they don't exist or don't have power. It's that if I ignore them, they lose credence and therefore the ability to affect me and others around me poorly. Thank you for considering this with me. To wrap up my experience with this verse today and considering unmanaging with the Tao, I thought about two things. One, I thought about the management. And two, I thought if I can align the spirit, the rest will follow. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of unmanaging with the Tao in this verse today. I can examine three things. One, I can examine situations. Two, I can examine myself. And three, I can examine my thoughts and feelings. I feel like we are called to once again examine ourselves in this verse if we want to connect with the Tao. In the past, we have examined ourselves using agitation, annoyance, and other aspects of our human relationships. So this time, I'd like us to examine our desires as they relate to our desires to manage things. In other words, let's look at when we're trying to manage stuff on our own without the help of the Tao. Let's begin by allowing ourselves to settle and take a moment to do our best to be in the present moment. Let's ask the Tao to show us something new today. Thank you. Looking back over the last week, let's ask ourselves, was there anything I was hoping would happen? Any situations where I felt before they occurred, that I'd be happy if they turned out a certain way? Did I try to influence events so that the outcome looked like what I desired? Now let's ask ourselves, was there anything about that situation that was out of our control? And did we worry about that? Did we wonder what would happen if nature conspired against us and made things go sideways? (laughs) Maybe even a little bit? I feel like we can pause with this and realize that when we worry about things, we're actually trying, in futility of course, to manage things. We're not allowing the Tao to provide for us. Okay, let's look at ourselves for a moment. Thinking back over the week, were there occasions when you were disappointed with your behavior, your performance, or yourself in general? If you ate more than you think you should have, if you just couldn't get a certain thing done that you wanted to, if you couldn't help but get nervous about a particular situation that came up, Could we be open to the possibility 
that when we resist the way we are by scolding ourselves, either consciously or unconsciously, we are trying to manage ourselves without the help of the Tao. That perhaps we are trying to govern ourselves by poking at those things we don't like. What good is the poking doing? Is it turning us into sore, misshapen spirits? What if, instead of poking ourselves by being displeased and feeling guilty or ashamed, what if we set those impulses aside for a moment and remember to let go, ask the Tao to help us see the situation differently, and then trust that that insight will come? And what if, in the meantime, we could practice some compassion, some humility, some love, Now let's look at our emotions and thoughts. In the past week, have we not wanted to be feeling or thinking certain things? Did we do anything to change our moods? Or are we trying to feel a certain way? At the next opportunity, can we experiment with allowing the thoughts and feelings to just be there? Could we say, I'm thinking about X or Y right now as the thought is occurring? Could we sit quietly while this is happening and try it, I don't know, five or ten times in a row? What could happen if we just sit there and just acknowledge the thoughts that we're having? And then the feelings. Where along your body do you feel them? Do you feel them in your lower body and your stomach? Do you feel them in your upper body and your chest? Do you feel them in your mind? We're just observing them and feeling them. Now, allow your thoughts to meet your feelings like two people shaking hands. Do you see the relationship? Thoughts produce feelings, and feelings produce thoughts. When we try to manage things, we are forcing thoughts onto reality, and that resistance can cause worry, a feeling that emerges from our lower bodies. Sometimes it feels icky. <laughs> and then that feeling causes us to think more. <laughs> and the cycle continues until we lovingly remember that by giving attention to our desires to manage things, we are causing our thoughts and feelings to feed into one another. Now let's try and let go of trying to manage something and observe our thoughts and feelings together. It feels kind of peaceful, doesn't it? small thoughts, peaceful coursing of life energy through our bodies, allowing the Tao to manage, doing what we can, when we can, and not trying to manage the rest, observing how things, when we are in this mindset, just seem to work out. 
We've just practiced doing what we can to give to the Tao that which it does best and doing what we can ourselves to do what we do the best. We practice considering allowing the Tao to handle the things that are out of our control. We have practiced observation of when we are running counter to that. I've found most of the time that when I just become aware of my efforts to resist that which is, I automatically know what to do and just let it go. I wish the same and more for you. Now to wrap up our episode today. To consider how I can apply the principle of unmanaging with the Tao today, I can examine three things. One, situations. Two, myself. And three, my thoughts and feelings. To close out this episode, I will leave you with a final reading of verse 60 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Han Hyung Tan. Governing a big country is akin to frying a small fish. When the power of Tao is prevalent, even the demons become impotent. Although the demons continue to possess magical power, their power is rendered innocuous. Hence, the demons cannot harm people. The sage also does not harm people. Both do not interfere with people. Thus, by sticking to non-intervention, both let their virtues merge together. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.